everyone. My name is Lou Palumbo. This is Between the Lines. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to delve a little bit into the Rittenhouse uh, trial. We're going to have a guest come back, a young lady by the name of Kat, uh, very plugged in, born and raised New Yorker. I would say a little tough, which is okay. And we're going to speak about this Earthship, which is uh, an endeavor that, that addresses a better quality of living, utilizing more natural means and just a, a system put into a household, for example, that allows you to utilize the sun and purification through natural means as opposed to the use of chemicals and things that are breaking down our environment. So we will be going through a couple of emails as well and uh, answering those questions to the best of our ability and hopefully to the satisfaction of the individual or individuals that promoted those. So with all of that being said, which is the boilerplate of the day, we're going to get into uh, our first caller. And this is someone who's spoken with us before. Um, still residing in New York, which will be questioned as to why. Um, and her name is Kat. I'm not going to divulge just yet where she resides. I'm curious to, to know, though, where in that particular borough or county um, she has a lot to say, and I'm curious to hear what her insights are as to what is transpiring most recently in the city of New York and perhaps even the state of New York. So without further ado, I'd like to invite her to join us. Hello. Hi. Can I talk to Lou? It depends on who this is. This is Kat Shakluna. <laughs> Hi, Kat. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Better yet, where are you, Kat? I'm in my car. Where are you? I'm in a studio. Um, oh, okay. That yeah, makes sense. Fact, uh, studio broadcast, broadcast suites in right. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So, Kat, let me ask you my, my most curious question. What are you doing in New York? We came back to New York. I was uh, on, a, on a project in Baltimore, and that ended, and so now I'm back in New York. And now I want to ask you, uh, nature of the project in Baltimore? Uh, just a film shoot. Okay. What were your impressions of Baltimore? I loved Baltimore. Everybody told me that when we were going to Baltimore, that it was going to go from the frying pan to the fire. I didn't feel that way at all. I loved it. Loved it. You know why that might be, though? Because normally when you're doing productions, they're not staying in the parts of Baltimore, for example, or New York that are depressed. In other words, when we set up a, sh a shoot, unless it's something that revolves around an inner-city neighborhood, it's highly unlikely you're going to shoot in Brooklyn North, which is Bedford-Stuyvesant or the Bronx. No, I'm going to have to disagree with you there because our project was shooting in the projects of Baltimore. And the people of Baltimore, it didn't matter where you were living or where you were shooting. The people were good people. It was great. You know what? And that's a very good observation because that's the same observation law enforcement has, that 90 5% of the people living in minority communities mm -hmm. are good mm -hmm. people, and they're just trying to find their way out oftentimes. And maybe they don't find it themselves, but they work on finding it for their children. We all know that that vehicle is education. So, Right, yeah. You know, the last time we spoke, I, I think you were in the Bronx, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I still live in the Bronx, yep. Oh, so I'm getting some misinformation from one of the producers that you're living in Queens, or are you having... Two residences. No, I'm originally from Queens, but yeah, I live in I live in the Bronx. Okay, good. where where in Queens were you from? Astoria. I know Astoria, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to school in uh, at St. John's. Nice. Yeah, that's all right. It was it was a good school. I went to 16 years <laughs> of Catholic school, as we know. Oh well, you. Eh, not what really. What was that like? Um, enlightening. 
it, uh -huh. it, it responsible for a, a lot of the framework of my thinking. Um, Did you ever go to a regular public school? I never went to any public school. I went to 16 years of Catholic school. Right. Grammar school, high school, and college. So, um, curious your impressions about New York at this point. Let's start with the city first, Kat. Well, I'll tell you what. When we left for Baltimore, we left to Baltimore, I want to say, early June. And when we had left, I was like, I want to get out of here. I just hate the subways. Everybody's out of their minds. It's awful. Since we've been back, it's been remarkably better. Like, the the subways aren't as scary. There's still problems, obviously. Um, there's definitely still not a lot, enough of a police presence on the subways. But it feels safer than before I left. Yeah. It doesn't well, seem as dangerous as it was. I think there was a while where people were just, like, giving up and just doing whatever they wanted because they just didn't care anymore. And I think that's changed. I don't, I don't think it's an issue that people don't care, Kat. I think the issue is um, approaching desperation that they don't know what to do because the political yeah. mechanism in the city is failing. And I, mm -hmm. and I don't want to contradict your perceptions, but I would caution you riding the subways. I try oh, to tell I'm always cautious. <laughs> well, but, but the problem, it, the, the question is this, if you were to walk into or run into the wrong denominator, would you be prepared to manage it? That's really the question. And so absolutely. Oh, really? That's interesting. Listen, I ride the six baby. That's the toughest line in the train I know the system. Six, Lexington Avenue line. I've ridden it myself four five and I, six. I take care of my own self. Like I'm always ready to go. There was a guy right, but right before we left for Baltimore, there was a guy that came onto the subway who was just spitting on people, just spitting on every single person on the train. And I was standing because I tend to stand on the train just so I, my guards up and I was standing and I see a gentleman across from me, uh, uh, about my age, uh, African-American male, very big guy. And next to him was a nun. And I was like, if this dude tries to spit on me or this nun, this dude's going down. And I locked eyes with the dude that was sitting down. And we, without a word transaction, made a nonverbal agreement that we were going to F this guy up if he tried to spit on us or the so, nun. So I have, I have a bigger... And this guy spit, 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 spit. When he got to me and that dude and the nun, he stopped spitting. He walked past us and then spit, spit, spit. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. But, but I have a, a much broader question for you, Kat, personally. Sure. Uh -huh. Why are you subjecting yourself to this type of stimulus? I mean. What do you mean? I have to get to work. Okay. Uh, no, I, I understand that. But I'm. you're saying the only way that you could work is if you ride the subway. I know it's the most expeditious manner to travel at times in the city. I'm born and raised there. But I'm talking talking about an overall sense why would you subject yourself to this type of stimulus of potential engagements? And I'm well, not I don't have a car, so I have to take the no, subway. No, no, I'm talking about why the hell are you living there. Let me let me be more pointed. I'm a city rat. I'm born and raised. I'm not going anywhere yeah, okay. unless it's for a temporary job. Okay, all right. New no. York City is my home. It's my home I know home you also. flew south. You flew south. Uh, I did, but not so much because of myself. I did it because of other people in my life. Uh -huh. that I would not assume the random risk every day that it's associated with the city of New York and uh, putting them in the streets, you know, right. my children and my wife. I would not expect, um, uh, I would not expect them to have to deal with the potential of the city. You know, we had two women raped a few days ago within an hour. Another guy got hit over the head with a pipe and jumped by a gang of kids. And these where are not live? enough. I'm sorry? Where you live? No, where you live. Oh. Yeah, where you live. 
actually. See, this is why you shouldn't watch the news, Lou. Listen, you know, you, you you have to understand my <laughs> then world. You'll be fine. No, this didn't come from the news. This came from within the police department. Oh so, my! Yeah, exactly. I I get these little blurbs, so to speak. These intelligence. Uh, briefings or updates before the public even gets them. And there's a lot of things going on in the city that they're downplaying or not playing at all for that matter. So I don't, I just would caution you, you know, I, I'm not going to say I admire your bravado because I just want to say one thing to you. You Uh can get in over your head in a heartbeat, Kat. I know you're a tough girl. I I got the memo on this whole conversation with you, but I'm just telling you tread lightly because you could walk into a situation that, hey, know, listen, I'm, I'm a female. A female does not need to be told to be careful. We are born knowing that we have to be careful. So yeah. we're all right. So let me ask you, did you vote in the last election? Of course I did. Okay, I won't ask you for who. Um, you really None didn't of have, your business, but it, I'm it glad isn't de my business, and I would, nev- I would never delve into that. <laughs> but I'm glad de Blasio's out. Let's just put it that way. Okay, well, you know, you didn't have much of a choice if you really... Uh, understood the candidates and i am not being critical of eric adams who won i think eric adams has some potential i think the problem he's going to face is within the democratic party or Mm -hmm. a democratic element uh, or Mm -hmm. an element attached to the democratic party which has already reared its head blm but i'm just curious what, what are you thinking about eric adams um, I actually, we, we were watching the debates from the very beginning when there were 80,000 people running for the democratic ticket and <laughs> he was a standout for me. I, I, I think it's a fine choice. If that's the choice that we had, I think it's better than the other option for sure. You mean Curtis Sliwa? Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do. I think as a, as a former cop, I think it's probably a good move for the city right now. I think they need more of that feel right now. You you so. would you would think that, but you know what, what's interesting first and foremost. I'm sorry. I said what is interesting first and foremost is um, the Republican Party did not even put forth an effort to field a candidate. Curtis Sliwa is not someone who represents the public, the Republican Party. Not at all. Okay. But I think because New York City is such a Democratic heavy city they didn't even bother because it's usually usually except for a couple recently who have fallen from grace um usually it's a democratic person that wins as yeah, a as a mayor that, that's and correct i think they were just like all right you know here here's here's this guy with the red hat who's going to bring his cat to the voting booth and then refuse to take his jacket off that promotes his own campaign which is against rules when you're voting to have any kind of political statement on your clothing um, but whatever, like, just he can go off now and, and go into the others. It's there, fine. There's another interesting question here, Kat, and it isn't, it isn't um, I would say, just restricted to New York City. But obviously, and this is just based, in, based on fact and truth, the last time this city had any semblance of order was under a Republican administration, which was... Um, uh, Mr. Bloomberg and the Correct. police commissioner was um, Ray Kelly, who I did like, by the way. Well, uh, I won't I won't comment because I I met because you're from Florida, so you can't say any more about me. Well, you're smoking something <laughs> up in Queens or Bronx, wherever you are right now. But hey, I, you're from Jacksonville now. You can't say what happens in New York politics. <laughs> well, 
I can say whatever I want in case you haven't figured that out. Of course you can. It's America and it's your show. Well, that's not not it. Even I have boundaries as to what I can say, just for the record. But um, what what I'm finding interesting is that the citizens, the residents in the city of New York who have just experienced a democratic regime Mm -hmm. have watched the city fall apart. It's irrefutable. Okay. I mean, he was, I mean, de Blasio was probably one of the worst mayors we've ever had. Let's all be real here. I, I, I don't even know how to quantify this man, the amount of damage he's done to the city. And the sad part is he must be a sociopath. And what's even scarier is that after he has dismantled the city of New York, his eyes are on the state, which is another discussion. But, yeah, um, he can have a good look with that. That's never going to happen. I, if I'm, that happens, I'll eat my shoe live on your show. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Believe this or not, Kat, based on the November no, 2 elections, which transpired uh, two weeks ago, we have had uh-huh. interesting occurrence. Nassau uh-huh. and Suffolk counties, which represent a population, I'm going to say about three and a half million plus, went to the Republicans. They replaced oh, yeah. county executives, DAs, state legislators. Upstate did the same thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting right now, Kat, is the state of New York is in play for the Republicans because based on the poor voter turnout, less than 20% in the mayoral elections, you might have an overwhelming overwhelming turnout through the rest of the state, which would at least save the state because the first thing uh, that, that Mr. Adams, the mayor-to-be, has to deal with is this bail reform, which has turned our our uh, criminal justice system into a revolving mm-hmm. door. I'm sure you're familiar with the bail reform. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured you might be. You're pretty astute. But yes, um, he's got I, no- uh, I pay attention. You know what, Kat? Here's what I'd like to do, if I may. I want to go to a yeah. break. Thank our sponsor. Okay. I want to come back to you and continue this dialogue with you because okay. always very interesting. We'll be right <laughs> back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to ourbetweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart. Another interesting concept, you can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. We're back. With us, we have a, a very intelligent young lady, um, savvy. Oh, you called me young. You're so sweet. Because you are young. <laughs> and if you start to let this culture define and put in your brain who you are, I need to have another conversation with you. I tell people every day, don't let people define who you are, not by demographic or age or anything else. So Absolutely. you are a young lady. I consider myself to be a young man. Contrary to what oh, people... Oh, fantastic. How well, old that, are you? That's none of your damn business. No, cat, exactly. cat, cat, cat. I'm 70. I'm not no, hiding No, you're not. Show. Yes, I you am, sound like a. You sound like a puppy, Lou. That's because my brain works like a puppy. My brain hasn't evolved. And I'm physically holding my own, too, because I've had a good lifestyle. But enough of the good. baloney involving me. Um, so just to, to touch back on Mr. Adams again, who I think... And I have to tell you something about poetic justice... We're looking Mm -hmm. at it because um, Eric Adams was a captain in the New York City Police Department. 
At mm. times, I would say he was a thorn in their side. You know, he had his own causes, his own, um, I would say, manner in which he navigated the police department, embracing some, alienating others. What's interesting now is that he's start, suddenly starting to realize that some of the policies that he was questioning at one point right. are now being challenged because he realizes the need to re-implement them. The re-implementation right. has to be done in a very judicious way. I won't get into where the stop and frisk, for example, went wrong, Kat, unless you really would like me to explain it to you. But I find it interesting that he's now on the receiving end of the pushback and the questioning and the undermining. And he did a little undermining in the police department. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I'm just saying mm-hmm. he did it. Maybe we need maybe we need course correction in law enforcement. I think that's something everyone has to consider. And I would have to say conservatively, we do. Not in a dramatic uh, capacity, but in a capacity that lends itself more to establishing relationships in neighborhoods, regardless of their ethnicity, and letting the people know that we're there for them. You know, it's, this is an interesting uh, career that I chose. And I've been in this, in this um, community for 48 years. Mm-hmm. But um, he's just got bumped back by BLM. He hasn't in- encountered Cortez, yes, our congresswoman, who, by the way, is another highly intelligent, well-educated, well-spoken woman. I mean, she's just a bright girl. I yeah. I would say, and I, I'm trying to get her on this show, and I don't want to be too derogatory, but I think some of her concepts are misguided. The thing that I find really interesting is that we're criticizing the hell out of each other, threatening each other, but we're not really offering any solutions to the problems that have plagued us for hundreds of years now. So um, I want to ask you this. You're in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. What's your perception of it coming back in New York? Anything that you see? Um, perception of what? The entertainment industry coming back into New York. Um, I'm very lucky in that I'm able to say to stay one set safe at this time. Um, it is coming back. Most of the people that I'm very good friends with are in the industry. It just happens to be that way just because of the lifestyle and the hours and all of that. That's who I mostly see in my personal life. Um, and they're busy. Everything's going great. Um, the COVID testing is a, a regular thing. The vaccinations are required now for most sets, which I I feel good about and I have confidence in. I'm not sure how you feel about it. But for me, I love knowing that I have to go to work. I have to get my COVID test and that everyone that I'm around is vaccinated and we can just enjoy the work that we did prior to the pandemic. We can just go to work, be creative the way we were born to be, instead of just constantly being stressed out and worried about what's what's going to happen next, who's sick, who's this, who's that. Yeah. We're all safe. The, so it feels good for me. The vaccination, um, the vaccination issue is interesting. Um, if you study historically, starting with George Washington, smallpox, typhoid, through the course of history, me, measles, mumps, rubella, H1N1, polio in 1955, I think we had the vaccination. The American public had this confidence and comfort with the federal government that whatever information that they afforded them was information they could follow to the T. I personally think you need to go out and get vaccinated, folks. Yes. Thank you, Lou. I was worried there for a second. No, 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 no. Do you know what the (laughs) problem is? Let me tell you where the problem is. The, The media... And our elected officials decided to politicize this issue. And they decided to weaponize it to attack and undermine a presidential administration, which was a marvelous tactic at the expense of the American public. Kat, that's Mm -hmm. what happened here. 
So this isn't really a complex answer. It's a rather simple answer. It's a rather consistent answer. Every time we go near something today, we figure out how we can politicize it and weaponize it. What we've done mm -hmm. here once again is divided the country on a very sensitive issue that we shouldn't be divided on. Why mm -hmm. is the American public so distrustful? Meh, look at your media, your 24-hour news cycle, and mm -hmm. look at your elected officials. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what everyone's not, not understanding here about the responsibility of journalists. This is not your personal point of view. Kind of like right. we're talking about in the school systems today. I think parents are upset because teachers have decided to teach them their children about their politics and their, their views on gun control and their views on gay rights and their views on, on pro-choice and so on and so forth. And really, that's a parent's job. These are mm -hmm. A lot of these are very slippery slopes, especially when you, you touch on to this issue of pro-choice. That is probably the most, I don't want to say dangerous topic to touch, but one that you know, most people should stay away from, especially men. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I just witnessed what happened in Texas. It's egregious, and I expected more from Texas. Mm -hmm. My own personal feeling is that these are choices oftentimes that are solely women's choices. Rape, incest, ectopic gestation. You can't even have a discussion with women about that. They've got to they've foster that journey. Um, other, other issues, I mean, personally, I wouldn't like you to use it as a form of birth control. But there are a lot of denominators that, impact and affect your decision as to whether or not you want to have an abortion. I have heard the other side of the argument at one point also where, you know, two people are dating and the young girl gets pregnant and she decides to have an abortion independent of how the other participant feels. Well, there needs to be a conversation there. I don't mm -hmm. know what the end result of that conversation would be, but hopefully it would be one that has civility and decency attached to it, which is lacking in all our conversations. But this is just, um, um, you know, an example of, you know, what's what's nagging the country and the divide. We're divided over everything. We can't get onto the same sheet of music, whether it's gun control, the borders. Listen, we're not closing the borders. That's not who we are. When a young a young woman rolls to the border with two children in tow, that's not who we say no to. That's who we are. There are other people mm -hmm. coming to the border that mandate our need to regulate the border intelligently. It's a very sad commentary that we have to build a structure to do that. But you know what? Part of the survival in life is your ability to stop on a dime and change directions. That's going to determine the, f the fate of this country, our ability to do that as well. Um, yeah. I think a big problem is that I think this the whole the whole country has turned into a this or that country. It's a yes or a no. It's left or right. There's never there's never anyone willing to be in that middle area of understanding and listening and maybe slightly changing your point of view based on somebody else's point of view and and coming to a common ground. It's very black and white. It's it's just but, it's but sad, that comes really Kat, that comes from mm -hmm. your leadership though. The fish thinks in the head down. In other words, of if there's course. calm, logic, reason, and the word compromise in your conversation, that resonates through your populace. I'd that much rather spend my time talking with people who um, are willing to bend their point of view or at least open their mind and their eyes to someone else's point of view to come to an even greater understanding of how you do actually feel. Because if you feel a certain way about something and you don't want to listen to anyone else, you're not going to grow.
if you if you're open minded, maybe you can feel even stronger about what you feel because you've heard other people's points of view. But the problem is we have all these Facebook medical experts, you know, that did their Google research and that's how they get their information. It's just like it's just I don't I don't know. I don't know, Lou. Well this this Lou's is crazy, Lou. Listen to me. This is we're gonna we're <laughs> we're gonna end it for today. But yeah. I do want you to come back because now that we've had this dialogue, I want to start to get your impressions on other issues that yeah, are plaguing the next country. Next time we talk, let's talk about critical race theory. We, we can speak about that. <laughs> we can speak about gun control. We can speak about yes. the borders. We can speak about our foreign policy, if you so choose. What's going on in the White House? What's going on in the Democratic Party, where it's apparently quite splintered with... Um, I would say a radical element to put it to you politely, but I mm -hmm. have to let you go cat remorsefully. Yeah. I encourage you to come back. I know how to facilitate that and I hope you have a good day and a safe day. Hey, listen, I hope you have a better day than me and I plan on having a great day. Okay. Kat. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home comfort of your home just pick out the items you'd like they'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to another great concept very user-friendly and i'll be honest we use it also it's very effective and they're very very good they're very uh, on point we are back ladies and gentlemen and um we have right now a gentleman calling in from taos new mexico gentleman's name i believe is gage please stand by hello Hey, Lou. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure, Gabe. And, and I thank you for calling in and uh, wanting to participate in this conversation, which I think we both intend on being productive. So I want to start out and, and offer you an opportunity to explain to the audience exactly what is Earthship. So an Earthship is a self-sustainable off-grid home um, that includes six principles which is basically thermal and solar heating and cooling, solar and wind electricity, contained sewage treatment, building with recycled and natural materials, food production, and water collection. Let me just ask you a quick question, sir, if I may. Uh, how do they facilitate the sewage treatment? I'm just curious about that because the rest of them I can immediately bite into, Gabe. How do they facilitate this sewage treatment? So that basically goes with the flow of the water in the house. So basically, the water starts from the cistern through the filters, and then it will end up first with your showers and sinks. And then after that, it's going to go into your indoor plants. And so your gray water will water your indoor plants. And then after that, it goes to your toilet, which then turns into black water. So after... After the toilet, it goes into a uh, septic tank to break down the solids. But after that, the liquid flows through into a blackwater cell for your outdoor plants. And then after that, there's a lease field for any excess liquid. Are there chemicals used at any point in this process, Gage, to, to sanitize the um, waste 
product? Not at all. Um, basically, in the Blackwater cell, there's um, we use peat moss, um, which basically is good for breaking down gray and black water. Um, and then we pick out plants that are better adapted for handling um, black water. So, Gage, may I ask you another question, sir? How pure, and this, I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you these questions in one moment. How mm-hmm. pure is the sewage after you treat it through your system? That I don't know because it's all underground, but I can tell you that I know people that have been using these blackwater cells and they have trees in the middle of the desert that have been growing for like 10, 20 years. Um, and it's like they've created like a little forest around their house. Yeah. So I want to apologize to you, Gabe. I called you Gage. So just, I got <laughs> Gage okay. on the brain today. I won't tell you why. Um, so let me ask you this. How'd you get interested in this? Um, my, my aunt took a, a road trip to Santa Fe and stopped by the visitor center and told me about it. And I checked out a few documentaries and then I eventually did the Academy. Um, and after the Academy, I was hooked I came back for a field study. And then I just moved out there, uh, actually this past April. So, um, I want to ask you what the Academy is in, in one second, but are you born and raised, uh, Gabe in New Mexico? No, um, I was born in Georgia, but I was raised on a small barrier island in Florida. Oh, which one? Which one of those? Uh, Fort Myers Beach. Oh, sure, I'm familiar. I have friends down there as well. Yeah. So, what is what is this academy you attended? So basically, Ursip um, provides a chance for people to learn more about Ursip. This would be for people that are potentially getting involved with the company, wanting to build their own Ursip. Uh, or pay Ursip to build one for them. And so basically you go there for a month and you have, you learn the process of how to make an Ursip and the different systems and the philosophies behind them. And then in the afternoon, you also get to work on site. Um, and so you learn how to actually, you have the hands-on experience to build them as well. And so that's basically the first step in the academy process. Ideally, you would go back um, for a field study where you're done with the classroom and you're just there for full days. Um, And that's mainly for the start of the house. So you get to see uh, how it's the shell and frame and systems are actually constructed. Um, And then ideally, you would do an independent project where you do your own um, either ERSIP or ERSIP inspired build. It, it doesn't have to be necessarily building. It could be like a 3D model or something like that. And that's basically the academy process. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Gabe, if I may. Where have you constructed or created these earth ships? Because I know you have done some. Am I correct? Um, I personally have only done them in Taos, New Mexico, but ERSIP has done has built these things all over the world. Um, and there's also the humanitarian side of it. Um, which is most of the um, uh, builds that are out of country. We've built in Haiti recently, uh, Puerto Rico, Japan, um, Sweden, uh, just to name a few. Uh, but but it's we've been building all over the world. Earth um, has been around since the the 70s, and I believe they've been doing humanitarian builds at, at least since the 90s. What about what about cost, Gabe? What what's the cost associated with creating one of these Earth ships? So that's certainly going to vary. Um, but right now, it's it's going to depend on whether you're paying Earthship to build it for you and you're just buying the completed house, whether you're p- 
paying for a field study where or an academy where students come and build the frame and systems of it and then you do the finishing work or whether you're just looking to pay for the information and then just build it yourself and then it's just materials. Um, so, so I want to ask you this, Gabe, if I may. This is a long-term plan, right? I would assume absolutely to try to induce people to convert their living into these earthships for the benefit of the planet, obviously. And you know, so are you are you guys getting a lot of traction? Because you know, I, we have cities like New York, for example, uh, Boston, Chicago. You know, some of these rather small but densely populated uh, environments. You know, how do we how do we implement this in, in these environments? I mean, do we tear down the high rises and build earthships? So ideally, in my opinion, we would work to retrofit earthships and um, try to maybe incorporate some of these six principles into the already existing buildings. So that might be include tearing down the south face potentially and adding a green and adding uh, windows so that that way you could grow plants indoors or adding more insulation um, and potentially some thermal mass as well. So that that way you don't need to heat or cool your building with electricity. Um, And of course, just water uh, collection and then uh, a good filter system. Yeah. So if I'm correct, and and I'm saying this for the edification of the listener, um, you have the option of contracting Earthship to build a home from scratch, or you can actually convert an already existing structure. Is that correct, Gabe? The company does not... Uh, retrofit houses but you there are certainly team members that you can contact directly and basically contract an individual or a few individuals to do something like that interesting so tell us where can we learn more about this um you can go to ursip's website uh we have a few different ones uh i want to say ursipbiotexture.com that's the name of our for-profit company if you're looking to build or buy a house there's also a biotexture planet Earth, which is more of the humanitarian side of things. If you, uh, people want to get involved with that. Um, there's also a few documentaries that are out. Uh, Garbage Warrior is the first one that comes to mind. I know there's a few others. Um, as well as uh, recently, there was a um, film crew called Off the Cuff um, that did an episode about Earthships, and that is on YouTube, and I believe Amazon Prime as well. Let me ask you, do you guys ever enter in a, into an exchange with other individuals or groups that are concerned about the environment as well? For example, our oceans, which we should really be concerned about because we've turned them into almost garbage pails. I mean, your your ideas, which are admirable, uh, lend itself to you know saving our planet, enhancing the quality of our living, clearly. Do you guys ever talk to other people in a field that's concerned about you, let me ask you is there a climate change element or anything that you guys are concerned about in your group i know that i know what the, the concept is behind earthship but you know i'm just trying to tap into how broad the thinking process is we we certainly are concerned and we try to take in or think about almost every factor that we can when looking to build an airship so when we're building in the humanitarian efforts are we going to be building right on the coast or are we going to be building more inland in case uh the the water rises and stuff like that um but as far as contacting and working with other companies i believe that it has happened but honestly um i'm probably the wrong person to talk to about this because i've only been with the company for about a year i know there are other uh, humanitarian companies uh, that work specifically with building with more natural materials and 
a lot of those companies work great for a very specific climate, like Aircrete, for example, which only uses like 10% cement. Um, that's really good for tropical environments um, and stuff. And so companies like that. Um, but I would love for Ursip to interact more with other companies like Biocrete, for example, which uses spores in the cement so that when it inevitably cracks from rust from the rebar, the spores are activated from the water and then it makes limestone as a byproduct that just seals in those cracks. Interesting. So there are certainly yeah. other companies that um, I'm all for. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask you, uh, where did you go to school? Uh, I just have a high school education, nothing more. Yeah, that, that doesn't right mean now. anything. I know some brilliant people with high school <laughs> educations. I won't identify who, but probably if not the smartest man in uh, related to terrorism as a high school educated person he's a he's a deputy commissioner and in the largest police department in the country right now and the guy is to put say to you brilliant brilliant you obviously have an aptitude and an interest and a concern and you're a young person and this is your future uh, i do want to ask you do you have any questions for me today I do, but we already covered it. And that, that was the question you asked me, which is how do we get the concepts of ERSIP into the pre-existing buildings? And what do we do for urban areas? Um, and so I think that we covered that. I beat you but, to the punch? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But another one that was kind of on the back burner for me was how do we get the word of ERSIPs and these concepts just out there in general? Well, I would say put it on to, to the back of the Rittenhouse trial or what happened with George Floyd. I mean, you got to get it onto something salacious and sinister, and then you'll be able to get your message out. You know, we don't, you know, they say good news is no news, Gabe. You do know that, right, buddy? So That's we're not inclined true. to focus in on the things or people that make your life better or things that make your life better. We want to make sure we drudge you through the, through the gutters. Listen, Gabe, I've got to go to a break, and then I, I do have to go to some emails, but I want to thank you for for calling in and I encourage you to call me back and um, you know you're a young person you have a lot of years ahead of you in this country and on this planet I hope and there's some things that you need to start to take a look at that are going around going on around you in the country that could adversely affect you and your success of this project so but thank you so much for calling in please call me back again and we're going to be right back ladies and gentlemen if you're a podcaster I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout that is how we distribute our show, and to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly, and as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good, and as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, comfort of your home just pick out the items you'd like they'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to another great concept very user-friendly and i'll be honest we use it also it's very effective and they're very very good they're very uh, on point uh we're back ladies and gentlemen i just want to remind you to find us at betweenthelines.tv uh spotify apple youtube i would encourage you to start to have a conversation with me because that's, I believe, the road back. We start to ha we start talking about things in a civilized manner and 
start to respect each other's viewpoints. So we have Jeremy from Madison, Wisconsin, with an email. It says, Lou, the Rittenhouse trial is near the end. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And can you explain what self-defense is? And is it at risk here if he is found guilty? Um, My thoughts on the trial is this is embarrassing. The conduct, the demeanor, the intentional misleading of the jury by lying to them regarding elements of the law by the prosecutorial arm of that jurisdiction is inexcusable. These men should be removed from the law profession. They are officers of the court. They have blatantly lied and intentionally misled the jury into thinking circumstances and laws exist that in fact clearly do not. It's in their laws. In reference to the self-defense element of this trial, um, I always say a picture's worth a thousand words. If this isn't self-defense, someone has to inform me as to what qualifies as self-defense. You have people chasing you as you're attempting to flee from a scene. Heading in the police, in the direction of the police, by the way, who could have taken him into custody had they believed he violated the law? I do want to remind you of something. Carrying an open weapon of this type in the state of uh, Wisconsin is not a violation of the law. It's permissible. You must be licensed to carry a concealed weapon but you may carry a weapon open. So, in reference to the self-defense element, clearly that has been established by the defense. He was struck in the back of the neck with a uh, skateboard, tackled, and one gentleman, a uh, Gage Grossreutz, conveniently testified that he pointed a handgun at him, who, by the way, was in possession of a legal handgun. He wasn't permitted to carry that weapon. You might ask yourself, why wasn't he ever charged, by the way? as we're charging another man, why wasn't anybody charged um, with arson or looting or riot? You know, it's just we just decided to um, charge one individual. If he is found guilty, uh, the self-defense element in in the law in the state of Wisconsin is at jeopardy. But I'm going to say this to you. If he loses this, the appeal, I think, is going to um, bring him back into proper stride. He, 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 it'll be overturned. What we we know about um, Grossreutz is that he was in possession of a 9mm Glock. And there's a question being asked, is it more powerful the round of a 9mm M16, an AR-15, or an M4? It's all the same uh, weapon. They, they shoot what they call a rifle cartridge, which are 5.56 or 2.23, pretty much the same thing. An extremely high-velocity uh, projectile, small in caliber, small in grain weight, but does unbelievable damage. Now, I will tell you this, a 9mm bullet today, based on the projectiles that they've developed and, and engineering, will destroy your body as well. I guess this is man's preoccupation to figure out how we can kill each other. But um, I would not say it's an issue of measuring a 9mm versus uh, oh a cartridge that is housed in an AR-15 or an M-16, either one of them are readily capable of causing you a death. So I am in a little bit of a disconnect here that after you have the testimony of an individual that he brandished a handgun, pointed it at Rittenhouse with the intention of shooting him, you're confused as to why you were shot. As far as being struck in the back of the neck with a skateboard, The law defines weapons in a rather interesting way. 
Deadly weapons, for example, are handguns, switchblade knives, blackjacks, billies. These are things that, are de- that by their, their sole design, are used to harm, seriously harm, or even cause the death of another. If you use an automobile, if you use a baseball bat, if you use a skateboard, and you strike someone with it, you could cause their death. They're called dangerous instruments. So although there seems to be a difference in their intrinsic definition, please be aware they're both all capable of causing you death. And when you struck a man in the back of the head or neck with a skateboard, why would you be surprised that he shot you? I mean, this I don't mean to laugh because there's nothing funny about this, but it just defies just common sense, logic, reason, decency, civility. We are preoccupied with this little boy Rittenhouse, which is what he is, by the way. You know, I think everybody is familiar with this expression, a uh, little boy in a big man's suit. He's not even that. He's just a little boy. And he's a kid that went out there that I personally believe, based on everything I've read, um, was intent on on rendering some form of aid. But realizing the volatility of the situation, I think he took that little M4 along to ensure his own personal safety. And guess what? He wasn't wrong in bringing it. At the end of the day, he should never been have been put into that um, situation. He put himself in that situation, and he reaped what he, what he sowed. The long and the short of it is that was clearly self-defense. Question now, are we going to have civil disobedience if a verdict is not rendered that seems to satiate the appetite of the dysfunctional. And um, you, you also have to be mindful of this. The jury's concerned about their verdict because that will translate the threats on their lives and their families. This is just an interesting America that we're living in. And by the way, the man sitting in the White House, and I don't like the political element of any discussion, decided to label this young man as a white supremacist. He should actually be the voice of reason telling everybody how we should be able to digest this thing. Again, what we're experiencing today in these trials and these comments coming out of the White House aren't the problem, they're the symptom of the problem. We're in decline, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody sane, rational, or reasonable seems to want to run for office today. I'm not going to speak to the president's mental state. Time will tell its own tale. Or you can speak to the Democratic uh, Party who, during the primaries, attacked his mental state. This, this commenting and swaying the, the, the thought process that might influence this trial, I, this is inexcusable, but it's consistent with this man. I hate to say this about Joe Biden, but this is the truth. He was never a dynamic elected official. He's not a dynamic thinker or speaker. And through the course of his political life, he can't keep his foot out of his mouth. Even President Obama has mentioned that. There's no change here. The unfortunate part about this discussion is Father Time caught him. And it catches us all. Sadly, we're not electing the best people. We're electing people that we feel at times we can manipulate and control. I do understand what happened here. We hated Donald Trump so much that we have elected anybody. None of what went on in this election process makes sense. There were far more viable Democratic candidates. I didn't intend on going off on this tangent, but as long as I'm on it, let me stay on it. Amy Klobuchar is a brilliant woman. Um... Tulsi Gabbard, who they wouldn't even give a look at because she had a bump and grind with Hillary Clinton, you should look into what caused this, was another person they should have latched on to. Ironically, Elizabeth Sanders has the largest number of followers and constituents and ability to raise money of all of them, wasn't even looked at as the VP. 
we decided to choose a person that finished less than 2% in polling in the primaries. Guys, this is our country. We are entitled to something better than this. Neither the Democrats nor the Republicans should be shoveling this garbage in our direction. And we're taking it. Or it seems that we're taking it. Go back to November 2nd of this year. We just saw the conservative element rear their head. Oh, yeah, by the way, not just the conservative element. A lot of independents and a lot of Democrats have realized the cuckoo has left the clock. We need a course correction here, but we need to temper that also. And I encourage the Republicans to soften their hearts in areas that deal with minority and minority communities, immigrants coming into this country deciding who should stay and who should go based on their tenure here, their accomplishments here. It's sad to think, and this actually happened, that someone who crossed our border illegally has been here 25 years or 30 years, built a business successfully, paid taxes, has grandchildren, and we decided to deport this man. Something's wrong in this conversation. It cannot be an all or nothing, and that's part of what's driving this today. So I apologize for going off on this tangent. I'm going to digress back to the question and tell you that the self-defense component of the law in the state of uh, Wisconsin is in grave danger if this gentleman is found guilty, period, end of discussion. So, and, and ladies and gentlemen, before I go to break, I just want to make a correction. I meant Elizabeth Warren, not Elizabeth Sanders. And by the way, as far as Bernie Sanders goes, the thing I like about this man is he's concerned about our children, ironically. I'm not sure I, I align with a lot of his thought processes as to how to facilitate their future, but he's concerned about them, and I do respect that. And um, Elizabeth Warren someone who should have been given much more consideration and Amy Klobuchar who's just sterling. We're at the end of the show I want to thank you for joining us I want to remind you you can find us at uh, betweenthelines.tv you can listen to these podcasts on Spotify and Apple we have wonderful sponsors Buzzsprout and Instacart the thing I want to tell you most about them is how user friendly they are I personally use Instacart it's a great way to get commodities in from grocery stores without going through the labor of driving to or walking to. Um, we use Buzzsprout. If you're thinking of having a podcast, I would encourage you to explore. It is a wonderful user-friendly. That's a really interesting concept today because we have a lot of things out here, mechanisms. The deal is quite simple. It's got to be user-friendly. Buzzsprout is very user-friendly. I thank you for joining me, and I look forward to you uh, joining me again. This has been Lou Palumbo and Between the Lines.